Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Thursday, April 27th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The St. Louis Women's Chorale has highlighted work by female composers for nearly 30 years. Its singers come together to make music and community. There are friendships and there's kind of a support system and we really get to know each other. It goes so much beyond just music. In a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin visits the ensemble as it prepares for a performance inspired by Leonardo da Vinci. A judge has temporarily blocked Missouri's rules severely restricting gender-affirming care for transgender minors and adults. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey's rules would have barred children and adults from getting treatments like hormone therapy if they didn't have three years of documented gender dysphoria. It would also bar them from getting care if they did not treat and resolve mental health care issues. The rules were slated to go into effect on Thursday, but St. Louis County Judge Ellen Rabato halted the guidelines from going into effect until an expected ruling on Monday. And transgender Missourians like Getty Carey Avery say it's vital for the rules to be blocked permanently. We are just humans, and we're just needing to access care in the same way that other people in society are. Bailey has characterized the rules as informed consent guidelines. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri Senate has passed its version of a nearly $50 billion state budget. The package has returned to the House, where joint committees will work on compromises. The financial blueprint does not include language prohibiting spending on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Senator Denny Hoskins introduced failed amendments on the issue, which would have applied to state government, not businesses or vendors. I don't think it's too much to ask to say that, hey, this, this wokeness should be not be in state government. And that's what, that's what this amendment does. Lawmakers are facing a May 5th deadline to pass the budget. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner will be in court this afternoon to face possible contempt charges for the second time in a week. An attorney in her office failed to show up for the beginning of a trial in a 2020 shooting case. A judge is asking Gardner to show why she should not be held in contempt. Gardner was not held in contempt earlier this week after her office did not appear for another trial. That was a murder case. The judge decided the evidence was not strong enough to support a contempt charge. The U.S. Senate has passed legislation related to Jana Elementary School. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumpke reports on the bipartisan effort from Missouri's congressional delegation. Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley took to the Senate floor to ask for unanimous passage of the Justice for Jana Elementary Act. It would require cleanup for the school. It also establishes a fund for any school that has been affected by radioactive contamination related to U.S. government projects. Holly says this cleanup process should have happened decades ago. This community in St. Louis has been asked to live with the fallout of the federal government's actions for decades. This is just the latest instance, for decades. In the U.S. House, Democratic Representative Cory Bush from St. Louis County has also introduced companion legislation. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. An investigation shows almost half of Missouri children five and under live in child care deserts. The Missouri Independent and Muckrock say that works out to slightly more than 200,000 children. 
Their joint investigation focuses on public records and information from the advocacy group Child Care Aware. The deserts exist despite hundreds of millions of dollars in COVID relief money coming into the state. Many parents are also coping with long waiting lists as child care operations deal with staffing shortages. The investigation finds the deserts are mainly in rural areas. A grocery store in East St. Louis closed for good late last week. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports customers did not receive much warning. The Save-A-Lot location that's now closed sits on the far east side of East St. Louis. The chain still has another location closer to downtown. The owner of this location says it was time for him to retire, and he hopes another grocery store will buy the site. Longtime East St. Louis resident Ann Walker lives nearby and says she'll be sad to see it go. I hope that if another store comes there, it will maintain the level of cleanliness and friendliness that we have experienced. Gateway Market, another grocery store, has two locations in town. Much of the community surrounding those stores is marked as a food desert by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In urban areas like East St. Louis, that means supermarkets are more than one mile away. I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. Until recently, it was common for major American symphony orchestras to go entire seasons without performing any works by female composers. But the St. Louis Women's Chorale sings a different tune. It's in its 28th season of showcasing work by women, sung by women. As the chorale prepares for tomorrow's performance of an innovative piece inspired by Leonardo da Vinci, members are making connections that go beyond music. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. As members of the St. Louis Women's Chorale rehearse for hours in a chapel at Maryville University one recent evening, they take the music very seriously. But the mood is light. There's often laughter. And when a break comes, the hundred conversations instantly spring into full bloom. Oh, it's always so much fun. I mean, we talk a lot. Even during rehearsal, we cannot shut up. That's singer Bernetta Orsi the principal alto. We always laugh and we always share uh, our thoughts, uh, our ideas, and our problems also. So it's very nice. It's really a community. Orsi is a native of Italy who's sung professionally around the world. One of her specialties is Italian opera. With the St. Louis Women's Chorale, she blends her voice with others who have similar experience and plenty of women who aren't professionals but who just really like singing and do it well. Leanne Magnuson-Latuda has led the chorale since 2012 as its executive and artistic director. Sometimes the people who are the least well-trained seem to work the hardest, and they bring their whole selves to, to the performance. And that's what I think makes them sing so well, is they sing with their hearts. On this night, the chorale is preparing for its collaboration with the St. Louis Philharmonic Orchestra, led by Darwin Aquino. They'll perform a multimedia piece called Brushstrokes, The Notebooks of Leonardo da Vinci. The musicians and singers will perform while animated images from the artist's notebook project on a screen. It premiered in 2019, and nobody's tried it yet in St. Louis. This is from a past performance of the piece.
The performance depends on special computer software that allows a video director to time the animations in response to the music live. A more typical way to sync video and live music is for the conductor to lead everybody according to a pre-recorded click track heard through an earpiece. But that doesn't leave much artistic wiggle room, as composer Jocelyn Hagen explains in this TEDx talk. It is hard for even the most seasoned professional musicians to perform expressively with a metronome in their ear. And great conductors know when a beautiful moment should be held a little longer, or if the excitement of a section needs to push just a little bit faster. Da Vinci's notebooks offer plenty of opportunity for musical excitement. He planned out works of art, diagrammed many mechanical inventions, and sketched a human body. Audiences will see animations of Da Vinci's plans for a flying machine take to the air. His famous sketch of proportions in the human body comes to life. Composed as it is by a female artist, the piece fits with the chorale's mission of making space for women in a field that is not always welcomed, or see the same. So we're trying to help to raise the voice for all the females that have huge talent and uh, give them possibilities, possibilities to appear, possibility to express themselves, and uh, just come here and uh, share their voice with us. In rehearsal, Latuda works the chorale through some tricky parts of the score welcomes questions, and also coaches the singers more broadly about their approach. Excellent, you may have a seat. And we remember, this has to be with conviction, and you're telling a story. Latuda says the story of the St. Louis Women's Chorale is about more than the sum of its voices. It's not just something where we come together and we do music every Tuesday night. Of course we do that, but there are friendships and there's kind of a support system and we really get to know each other. It goes so much beyond just music. But the music, that's pretty good too. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Moline edited that report. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I am out for a few days. Sarah Fenton will be at this microphone tomorrow. Jonathan All on Monday. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.